Today's episode is brought to you by Taft Law and its Franchise Advance Program, a one-of-a-kind program developed by your host, Josh Brown, to help entrepreneurs assess, convert, and grow your business the right way through sound franchise structures. To learn more, go to taftlaw.com and type Franchise Advance Program in the search bar. If you think like, act like, or are trying to grow like a franchise, then the Franchise Euphoria podcast is for you. Hello and welcome everybody. Josh Brown here. And I created this podcast for one main goal, to help people who are trying to grow their business through franchising or franchise-like structures to do it the right way. I've been practicing law now as a franchise lawyer for many, many years, and I've seen it done the right way and the wrong way. And this podcast is not filled with a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. Rather, I talk with real people, people who have been there, have done it, are doing it right now. And I also dive deep into specific topics related to franchising. So if this is of interest to you, you are at the right place. Enjoy. Hello, Joe. Welcome to Franchise Euphoria. How you doing? Good afternoon. I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm excited to learn about uh, the Poncheros brand. Yeah, I love Mexican food. And um, candidly, I don't know a lot about it, so I'm excited to learn. Um, you are the director of franchise uh, development. I think probably a good place to start is tell us how you learned of this brand and uh, how you got involved. You bet. Well, I, I grew up in Iowa City. And um, Iowa City was the first location uh, that uh, Rodney Anderson built out in back in 1992. So we'll be having our third year uh, birthday this summer. So we're very excited about that. So I learned about it early on as a fan. Uh, then uh, my previous 20 years to Poncheros, I worked at Coca-Cola North America out of Atlanta. And uh, my first three or four years, I was doing regional accounts, which fortunately enough, uh, Poncheros was one of my customers. So um, I've got to know Poncheros intimately during that time. But uh, my time at Coca-Cola, um, those 20 years on national accounts. So I worked with uh, hundreds of franchisees and the DQ Popeyes subway systems plus others. So I feel I can bring a lot to, to franchisees out there. I've seen uh, franchisees uh, do it the right way and I've seen them do it the wrong way. So I, I think my experience can help with uh, new franchisees that come on board. So Tell me about, tell us about this uh, Panchero's um, experience. I mean, kind of describe what's the look and feel of the location. Um, it's fast casual. Yep. Uh, so we, we, we get that. But, but talk about what somebody can expect when they walk into a Panchero's. Well, first of all, you'll, you'll walk in and, and, you know, it's an industrial type of look. Uh, we hope the locations are incredibly clean. We, we put a lot of emphasis on that. What we really love is the customer can come in, uh, pick exactly what they want in their burrito or tacos. And uh, that uh, always makes it great for the employee and for the customer, not only give exactly what the customer wants, but uh, for the customer to get exactly uh, what they're looking for. So you walk up and you just walk through essentially a line, right? You walk through and then... Correct. You, you get in a line and you come up, uh, you would pick whether you wanted a, uh, a burrito or a burrito bowl or tacos and, and you walk through the line, you go through the line and uh, we fill it for you. You see the person press the uh, fresh tortilla. All tortillas are made in-house. Uh, nothing comes in uh, bagged up. 
We make that tortilla, press it right in front of you, grill it right in front of you, and um, they get to put exactly what they want into it. So we hope for a great uh, customer satisfaction. And you said earlier that this started in 1992 in Iowa City. Yeah, yeah. We're one of the originators of the burrito craze, the way I look at it. We'll be, like I said, celebrating our 30th birthday this August. Uh, the majority of the other competitors out in the market did start after us. So I always love to say we're the originator. And um, when I look at our freshness and simplicity of our system, I think we're one of the best. When it started out, first location, Iowa City, did it start out as a fast casual or was it more of a sit down? Uh, I think, you know, they had 20, probably 22, 25 seats. So, um, you know, I, I would call that, you know, respectable seating. Um, at the time, I don't think, you know, there was probably a lot less takeout than today. You know, the world's changed so much over that time. Um, but, you know, Rodney helped over the years develop it and, and make things, uh, you know, simplified it all along the way. And uh, really in about 2000, 2002 is where we settled into this, uh, where we're at right now, um, as far as the build outs and the style of the system. And, um, you know, we're just pumped to continue to grow. Well, this is what I like to learn about and hear about on this show too, is that, you know, you take a concept that dates back to 1992, right? So you're pushing 30 years at this point. Yep. The founder, it was the founder, Rodney. Yeah. Rodney Anderson. Is he still involved in the, in the franchise? 100%. He's his office is coupled down from mine and he is uh 100% involved, invested for sure. Well, no, I mean, that, that's I like hearing that because so often I think there's a misnomer uh, in franchising and in growing brands that you you get the founder, the founding entrepreneur, and then at some point in time, they step aside and, you know, another group comes in and, 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 and grows it. And, and the reality is the, the true reality and the facts are that most successful brands, if you look as a percentage, the founders are still involved. I mean, the, the founders evolve along the way. And certainly over 30 years, I mean, there's way too many lessons to, 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 talk about, to talk about here. But, you know, certainly I would imagine that one of the key components to uh, Poncheros being able to be a mainstay for so long and then ultimately to get into a franchise structure, which I'll talk about here in a few minutes, clearly that shows um, an ability by the founder Rodney to be able to adapt uh, to different environments over time. Absolutely. I mean, I think that, you know, even our history shows that a little bit, you know, the first few years, it was all college towns. Okay. I mean, that was kind of the the blueprint at the time. They're still incredibly successful uh, in those towns. However, what we've learned over the time is you spread them out a little bit, you get out in the suburbs, you uh, put a couple of them together, and then you can really build from that, that, that moment on. When did when did he decide, or when did the team decide to go the franchise route? I think the thought started uh, in the late nineties. I'm going to say ninety seven, ninety eight, but I don't think we really had our first signing franchisee until the early two thousand. So I'm, I've only been around a year on the internal side, but um, I'm pretty sure that's how it fell out. Well, and obviously the name of the game in franchising is being able to match up value both ways: the value that the franchisor provides to the franchisees and then the value that the franchisees provide to the overall system. Talk about what are some of the important aspects that, you know, Poncheros does to differentiate itself, to attract good franchisees, and then also to provide them with, you know, a good, valuable uh, system, operations, marketing, and brand so that they can, they can hopefully be successful. Absolutely. I mean, our corporate team here is very experienced in the office from the second that um, 
somebody signs on with us. We have a realty expert that helps with that. We have our uh, operations build out director that sits, sits with them um, and works with them hand in hand while the entire build out goes out. Um, once we have a site uh, chosen, we uh, put together a full checklist for the franchisee. Uh, once you have the site chosen, it's normally, you know, 10 to 14 weeks out. We will do a specific daily and weekly calendar to help assist, make everything as simple as possible to get them in the location. Once they are signed on with us, we have a an initial three-day training period that they come into the office, kind of learn the, uh, the 35,000-mile outlook. Once they do decide to come on in, they have a three-week full training period. They uh, come on in for three weeks. First few days are uh, a lot of uh, sit-down, basically classroom work. And then uh, the next two and a half weeks, they're in uh, one of our locations here, getting fully trained on everything, opening, closing, and everything in between. So that's something we take a lot of pride in. You don't have to have any experience. It always helps. But if you don't, uh, you will be fully trained before your location opens. And once we get to that point, um, we'll send a full operations team in your first five, six days for, or a week or so, work with you hand in hand to make sure you get off on the right foot, know exactly what's going on and get that place up and rolling for them. Once they are rolling, we have our operations team out in the field that continues supports them. We are always here for our franchisees uh, at any call. And we have a fantastic marketing team here as well that works with both the um, company stores and the franchisees. How many locations you guys have at this point? Uh, we proudly opened our 71st location a couple of weeks ago in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. We've got a couple more um, upcoming and we have got a lot uh, in the beginning stages right now. See, Joe, you know what I want to do is I want to, I want to see the picture and the look on, on the franchisees faces who have no restaurant experience. And then, Six months after they opened up a restaurant, that's why I don't, that's what I want to see. <laughs> because, yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> you know, it's eye opening for sure, and it's got to be scary. Um, but what the simplicity of our system, which I truly love, is we we are there hand in hand with them the whole way. Well, talk about that. Tell us about the simplicity because I think you know franchising is all about taking something that is complex, which are you know all systems, all marketing, all operations, all know-how of how you run something. It's not as easy as just trying to say, hey, I put it in a box or I put it in a manual and you're just off to the races. There's a, there's a sophistication to creating a truly simple process and brand. And as I always tell people, simple doesn't mean easy. No. Simple just gives you a, a good runway and a roadmap to put yourself in the best opportunity for success. So, Tell us specifically, what is it about Pancheros where, what is the, how have they simplified this in a way to help the franchisees? You bet. First of all, I love it when you say simple is not easy, right? Um, I agree with that, but uh, simple can be best. So uh, I look at it that way. And and once again, it's it's us partnering with the franchisee. Uh, We try to make it simple during their build out, take that stress away from them. Be there as a team with them. You know, if, we're, if we know what their budget is and we're assisting them to stay in their budget, I think that's incredibly important. You know, when it comes to a, a lease, we're there to help uh, work with the landlord on the lease. And then once again, like I said, once we do have a location picked, we have a full checklist till opening day. So that really simplifies the worry of the build out. Um, on the operations side, simplicity is really where the key has come in. Every em- uh, employee is trained on every position in the location. Um, it is easy to train them. And then it's very easy to replicate. And if you can replicate quality, you're already halfway down the road. 
once you have everybody cross-trained too, it also helps you with your labor footprint. Uh, say somebody doesn't show up for that day. Well, somebody can do two of the jobs, rotating, flotating and rotating and uh, rotating and can really help with your labor. And then um, with our menu, you can't get much easier. I don't think we have five entrees and they're all fully customizable. And all the uh, ingredients we have for one can go into the other. Uh, it's easy on the staff and it's easy on the staff to give the customer exactly what they want. And that makes our employee happy as well. And then you throw um, one more thing into our digital. Our digital piece uh, on our app is fantastic, incredibly easy to use. It's friendly for uh, the locations. It's friendly for the users. We were a little ahead of the game on that before the pandemic. So uh, looking forward there, we we, uh, that was a home run for us, having that digital ready when the pandemic hit. Oh, yeah. No, that's great. Um, The talk a little bit about the uh, simplification of the menu, because I got to imagine that over 30 years, there's been a lot more than five items on the menu. Oh, yeah. And I raise that because I think, you know, people listening who there's going to be people listening who have restaurants who have had restaurants for a few years, have had a few locations at this point. And one of the things I, I routinely see is restaurants that start off and they're known for something. You know, whatever it is, right? You know, maybe you're maybe you're 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 known for for the burrito that you have, or the nachos, or whatever the case may be. You're known for something, and then over time, what happens is they've built success on what they've been known for. But there's this itch, and that there's also this consistent uh, ask from customers on, oh, well, you should provide this, or you should add this, and you see these restaurants that have had success from doing a certain thing a certain way really, really well, to now they go and they expand their menu. And now they expand and expand. And while I'm all supportive of trying new things, I think you got to keep things fresh. I think that that's an important aspect. Talk about the simplification of the menu, because I think that's a really important and often overlooked point of not only making for a good franchise brand and making it easier for a franchisee to operate, but here's the real key. It's way better for the bottom line. So can you talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. I just talked with someone last week who was like, Joe, I wish you really guys had brown rice. You know, well, if we put brown rice in, we would have to take something else out. You know, we, we are keeping it as simple as possible. Um, LTOs are always something that's interesting. We don't do a ton of those because that changes up the system. However, we do have our sizzling shrimp out there right now. So it's not something we never do. However, it's something that we uh, we think long and hard before we do it. And um, when it comes to, you know, Ponchos, we want consistency. And um, with, with the products we have now, we can give consistency between each location, whether it's a franchise location or company-run location. And um, simplicity is the key. Not only talk about SKUs, and I see some of these national QSR chains. Now, we're not QSR, but... I've worked with them and they have hundreds of SKUs and that just seems really complicated in ordering. And I've been in our stores when our folks order and I'm, they're getting full orders in in 15 and 20 minutes, uh, twice a week. Well, you got to know what you do, right? You got to know what you do. You got to know who you are. And at the end of the day, having, obviously having some limited time offers or, or at least keeping things, you know, changing up things or trying new things a little bit is certainly you know, just part of part of a process. But I love the fact that you have a limited menu. If you look across a lot of different fast casual franchise restaurants, 
there are a lot of successful ones that have very few items on their menu. <laughs> if you really look at what they have, but they do it really well. And I think what it is, and I think statistics would prove this out, is at the end of the day, the biggest driver for getting somebody back to your restaurant after they've already been there is that they know what to expect. They know the experience that they're going to have, and they're going to have that experience repeat itself over and over again. And part of that is is the quality of what of what you're providing to them. Absolutely. And and consistent that comes back to the consistency I, I stated earlier. If if I can go to, you know, a location in Lansing, Michigan and then I go to our location in Cedar Rapids, I, I expect the same thing. And and that's uh simplicity really helps keep that under control. So tell me, who, who's an ideal franchisee for you? I know you guys, you, you said earlier, you, you don't have to have experience. You can't have experience. My guess is, you do you guys offer multi-unit operations so people are operating multiple units? Absolutely. I mean, and that's really what we're looking to do now. We're looking for an area in agreement. And for us, an area agreement would be three locations minimum. And it all depends on the population of the area. So we look at that, but we are, you know, right now we're in talks with folks in, in smaller towns. It would only be one location. We sure don't shut anything out. But um, obviously, um, in our growth, we'd hope to get to 100 locations, 100 quality locations. We're at 71 now. We want to make sure we got the right franchisees. We're not going to set up anybody to fail. So that's really one of our most important parts there. But someone who is in their outlet. We feel that's very important. You don't necessarily have to run the outlet, but we want you in the outlet. We want you being able to talk with your uh, your employees and we want you to get your consumer feedback. And when you're in store, it um, it really it does prove a lot to us. And and really one of the most important things is being active in your community. We've learned and I've seen from quality franchisees that if you're active in your community, your community is going to turn around and support you. So I think that's really one of the most important things is to be out in the community, supporting your high schools or local colleges or, or, or whatever um, philanthropic you know, opportunities may be out there for you. So geographically, where are you guys looking to expand? I mean, you got 71 locations. We started off in Iowa City. Do you guys have particular areas you're, you're going after right now? Well, yeah. I mean, we are really strong in Iowa. So Iowa's about the only state uh, that we're not actively looking. But we are looking to around the upper Midwest because we've already got, we're in Minnesota and the Dakotas and, and uh, we're looking to expand in those areas. So they're really the five states, they're the states around Iowa. We're really looking to grow. We're very strong out in the Northeast, New Jersey. I think that was our 11th location that opened there. Um, so we'd love to continue to grow where we have great brand presence, but we're also um, looking to grow Florida and the Carolinas and then starting to move a little farther west. Um, starting to uh, look in Montana and Idaho and, and Nevada. So we are kind of picking and choosing states a little bit, distribution reasons. But um, as soon as uh, things loosen up here in the next year or so that we're hoping, um, we can move a little faster uh, moving west. All right. So if I walk into a Poncheros and, you, and you're directing me, what am I going to order? What's the, what's the thing I have to have there? Oh, all I can tell you is what I order, you know, and it's, it's my favorite. That's good enough for me. That's good enough for me. I get the burrito or a bowl, but, you know, I, I love the burrito. It's hard to get the bowl sometimes just because I love the burrito so much. But got to have the rice, got to have the black beans, got to have the chicken. I throw in the, the sautéed veggies. I throw in the hottest sauce we got. And, uh, and then if you got the hottest sauce, you have to have the sour cream. So that's basically where I land. My, uh, you know, I, I 
I work out a ton, so I need the uh, I need the carbs from the rice, and I need the protein from the beans and the meat. And I generally, I'll even throw in an extra scoop of our uh, tofu product just to get that extra protein. Do you guys have a number of different hot sauces? Oh yeah, we've got fantastic hot sauces. By the way, all made in house once again every day. Um, we do have them bottled up. See, I love to hear that. I love to hear that. I mean, I, I love hot sauces and I know it's like a club. I mean, people who are hot sauce fanatics, but the fact that you make those in-house, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, we do have some bottled for when we cater, but generally it is made in-house as everything is our guacamole as well. And the tour, I mean, everything it's, 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 it's very easy to say that uh, we put everything together from simple recipes in-house every day. Well, Joe, you're making me hungry. I mean, you're making me hungry as we talk about it. I'm getting hungry now. I haven't had lunch yet either, so it's working good. <laughs> well, let me ask you a couple more questions here. Thanks for again for coming on. Yeah. Tell me, I mean, obviously, of over the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of shifting with, with labor markets and a lot of, lot of different things going on there. And in the fast casual world, typically one of the advantages is you don't have to rely as much on the number of people. H- how many... In a typical shift, I would say, are required in a Poncheros to make it run? We have seven positions. So obviously, we'd like to have a minimum of seven during the busy times. Um, but that can jump up to, you know, 10 or 11, 12 um, during busy times. But you can also get away with maybe three or four people during the slower times as well. So it's a good balance. And when everybody knows, once again, when everybody knows every position in, in the uh, restaurant, it makes it a lot easier to manage your labor that way. And that includes the kitchen, right? Out of those seven? Yep. That's great. No, I mean, I, I think that that's a big issue, especially for people contemplating getting in because it is a challenge to, to not only find people, keep people, and obviously the less people you have to, to worry about uh, in that situation, uh, the better if you can still run, you know, and dealing with people who may be calling in, may not show up. I mean, you're hearing, uh, I'm hearing a lot of that with, with my clientele. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm sure, I'm sure you are as well. I don't think anybody's escaped that. Truly, right now, I don't think anybody's escaped it. But uh, I think we're designed to help work through it um, with how we're designed and everyone knowing each position and um, kind of puts us in the right uh, right place to help compete. Well, for anybody who's interested in learning more, what's the best place to reach out? Poncheros.com has got everything you'd need. Uh, it's got an entire franchising tab and uh, my cell phone's out there. So once you get out to the site and check things out, if you're interested, my cell phone's right there and they can call me anytime. Yeah. You don't have any in any in Indianapolis, do you? Or Indiana? No, we did uh, early on and it was actually a very successful location, uh, but the family ended up retiring. And um, if you're interested, I'd love to talk to you. We got to get you back here, man. I mean, we, we got to get, uh, we have a, I would say we have a few good Mexican restaurants but yeah, it sounds uh, sounds like it, there would be a good opportunity here. Yeah, I mean, I know obviously you're already in the Midwest. Yep. Um, and getting into Indiana would probably be probably be a good thing. So um, yeah, we can circle back offline. I might know some people as well. Oh, so. I'd love that. And I'll talk to anyone. And um, you know, I'd give you my cell right now if you want it. Doesn't bother me any. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let I'll let people reach out. Uh, Pancheros.com would probably be best for you. You, you can thank me later. <laughs> oh, hey, I will. I'd be, I'd be happy to. Be happy to. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Joe. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Again, the concept sounds uh, really good. I, I like the fact it's been around for 30, well, approaching 30 years now, Yeah. Um, obviously. Um, and, and it's really with a focus, as you indicated, on on simplicity, uh, getting down to the core 
of what uh, it does really, really well uh, with the different entrees. So, yeah, I wish you nothing but the best of luck uh, with that. And it sounds like, I mean, you got 71 under your belt. You've got momentum, right? I mean, as I tell people, you know, it takes a while in franchising to build up momentum, but 71 is a good number and uh, you you certainly have a good past uh, to build off of. So, so thank you so much and nothing but the best of luck to you in the future. Oh, well, thank you, Josh, for having me on and uh, Poncheros appreciate you. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Franchise Euphoria. If you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating and review. It really helps to get this show out to more and more people. Also, if you have any questions, have ideas for guests or topics, please email me, josh at IndieFranchiseLaw.com. That's josh at Indie, I-N-D-Y, FranchiseLaw.com. And finally, please note that this podcast is for entertainment and educational purposes and is not in any way, shape, or form meant to be any kind of legal advice. If you're seeking legal advice, please contact a lawyer. Have a great one. Happy franchising.